Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Um, have a lot to check in with since it's been about three weeks since I last recorded. Um, so some quick headlines for the last few weeks. Uh, we had Josh McDaniels fired as head coach for the Oakland, Ra- no, Oakland Raiders. Vegas Raiders, Jesus, fuck. Um, and then uh, James Harden was traded to the Clippers from the 76ers, which I'll get into more here in a little bit. And then also um, Joe Burrow is out uh, for the season with a wrist injury. And for that one, that one was more, um, they're going to investigate that, uh, the NFL is, because before that game, what did they play? They played the Ravens on Thursday night, um, last week, last Thursday night, and he was walking into the stadium and he had like a wristband on his hand, like a um, like if he was injured on his throwing hand. And then during the game, he got injured, he heard a, he heard a pop or something, and um, so now he's out for the rest of the season, but he wasn't on any injury reports, so um, yeah, so the NFL is going to have to investigate that, because if somebody's injured, you are obligated to um, list that player on the injury report, you have to do that, um, just because there's a lot of uh, money involved with betting, and now... Uh, ESPN is involved with gambling. They've already come out with their own app, which I haven't used yet because I don't think I don't think it'd be active in California um, yet because gam- sports gambling is still considered illegal here. Um, so you have to go to the, some some back channels to do that. Not saying that I do. If somebody's listening to this, I do not do that. I'm just saying there's things out there for you to be able to do that. Um, and the NBA started with their. Um, their in-season tournament, which honestly I still don't understand. But um, let's start with, uh, we'll we'll just continue with the NFL here. So as far as um, standings go, you have, uh, you know, the 49ers were kind of struggling there for a little bit. They, uh, they were on a three game losing streak and, but now they, they're back um, to their winning ways. They've won three straight after losing three straight. Um, so the NFC kind of checks out like this. We had uh, the Eagles um, winning four straight, nine and one. They're at that one seed. And then the 49ers are eight and three now, uh, winners of three straight, demolishing the um, the Seattle Seahawks on Thanksgiving night. And the Lions losing uh, another Thanksgiving game. So they lose a tiebreaker to the 49ers. So now they're the third seed. And then you have the Saints at 5-5 five and five at the 4 seed. The NFC South has to be one of the worst divisions in football, actually, um, because you have... Who do you even have there? You have the Saints at 5-5, five and five, the Falcons at 4-6, and six, Buccaneers at 4-6, and six, and then uh, Bryce Young and the Panthers at 1-9. and nine. They've just been awful. 0-7 in conference. Bryce Young does not look like he's ready uh, for the NFL. Um, and then you have Cowboys... Cowboys looking good. They're winning three straight. They destroyed uh, the Commanders on Thanksgiving as well, um, eight and three. Then you have the Vikings. Uh, they lost Kirk Cousins to a torn Achilles. He's out for the entire year. But uh, Josh Dobbs, who's been, he's, I think he's only like 25 or something. He's, he's pretty young, right? Um, he was out of Tennessee. He's already like a, an NFL journeyman. He played for the Jaguars. He was with the, the Browns for a while. He's with the Cardinals earlier this year. Now he's with the Vikings, playing really well with the Vikings. The Vikings are at 6-5. and five. That's without Justin Jefferson, uh, without um, Kirk Cousins. Uh, Seahawks still playing pretty well. They're at 6-5. and five. Uh, Loses a two straight. Jordan Love, Packers 5-6. and six. He looked really good on Christmas. I don't think they're going to... 
they probably have an outside shot of making the playoffs if um, Josh Dobbs continues to play well for the Vikings. Um, and then you have the Rams, four and six. Other other teams haven't. They don't really matter, I guess. Um, you know who's looked really bad is the Giants. Made the playoffs last year. Uh, decided to re-sign Daniel Jones to a, like he's making like forty million dollars a year, and he's still just not an impactful quarterback. They're only three and eight this year. Um, Saquon Barkley, they agreed to a contract extension for one year because he was he was sitting out, and there was this whole running back um, conversation around um, declining numbers and stuff like that with with running backs not wanting to invest in a running back with a in a position that's so heavy on your body right so um they're three and eight um i assume saquon barkley probably end up with another team next year um then you have the cardinals two and nine um they're in the caleb williams sweepstakes for sure because um, he's probably gonna be the number one overall pick and um, i think they're gonna move on from kyler murray for sure because kyler murray has come back he looks like I mean, you know, he's obviously dynamic with his running ability and everything like that, but um, it, it just doesn't make the guys around him better. Um, he hasn't really elevated the team. Um, so I expect them to continue losing. I think they're losing intentionally, honestly, by they were holding out um, Kyler Murray from the starting lineup for as long as they could, and Josh Dobbs was playing well, so they got rid of Josh Dobbs, um, which the Browns were interested in bringing him back because the Browns lost Deshaun Watson for the rest of the year. Um, so there's been a lot of um, starting quarterbacks that have been out for the rest of the year. So switching gears here to the AFC, we have the AFC. The first place team in the AFC is the the Dolphins, 8-3. and three. They just beat up on uh, the Jets on the first Black Friday game in NFL history, I guess, because now Amazon controls part of the NFL. So now they're deciding, hey, look, it's Black Friday. Let's have our Black Friday game now while you also shop for our deals online. So they're just taking over everything. Um, but, yeah, they're, they've are they been the most exciting team, I feel like, in the NFL. Um, Tua, you surround them with a lot of good um, speed receivers, good running backs. Um, their defense is okay. Their offensive line is 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 pretty decent as well um, but you do that he just he just throws five six yards or whatever he can throw the deep ball too but not as well as other quarterbacks uh, but he's been pretty accurate um, and you just give it to those guys that he has there and boom it's a touchdown it's easy Mike McDaniel has been a great coach um, you know he's been able to scheme pretty good running schemes there with the running backs that they have because I as I mentioned Earlier this season was like their one weak spot, I thought, was their running game. But they've just been able to run all over teams. Um, so I think the Dolphins, as far as the tiers go in the AFC with teams that I think that can win the Super Bowl, it was, at the beginning of the year, I think it was, I had the Chiefs and I had the um, I had the Bengals and I, and I think I had the Bills. I wanted to say maybe the Bills were a second tier because... We always put a lot of energy, time, and focus into the Bills, and then they end up. Then Josh Allen will throw four interceptions, and then they go like on a four-game losing streak or something. But they always start off strong, and then they end up like faltering later in the year. Um, but obviously, that list has changed, right? As we've gone on through the season, you know who looks really good too is the Ravens, um, sitting at eight and three. Uh, Lamar Jackson has been playing pretty well, even though uh, Mark Andrews, he has a pretty. Uh, significant injury to his ankle is going to be out for the rest of the season probably a good chunk of next season as well um, and then you have the Chiefs at seven and three they are the third seed the Chiefs offensively haven't really clicked as much as they have in the past um, 
Patrick Mahomes is turning the ball over a lot. He's not the best quarterback statistically, but he's still Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so I, I figure at some point they'll figure it out this season, and they'll I I, I think they'll be back to uh, the Super Bowl probably. Um, if not them, then my short list is is the Chiefs, it's the Dolphins, and it's, honestly it's the Ravens because the Ravens defensively have been playing really well. Um, they've been surprising me a lot in the weekly parlay picks. I picked against them a lot of the times, and they just keep winning. Um, so they're there at 8-3. and three. The Jaguars, I'm not a big believer in the Jaguars after the the beating that the 49ers gave them. They weren't they weren't clicking offensively at all. Their defense was lost. Offensively, they couldn't put any points together, basically. You know, only, I think they just had, they had six points or something, nine points, just field goals they were able to get. Um, Trevor Lawrence looked lost, uh, but they're still 7-3. and three. They're obviously going to win that division. The Browns have been a very surprising team um, after losing Nick Chubb for the rest of the year. They've lost um, Deshaun Watson for the whole year. And even when Deshaun Watson was there, they were kind of struggling still. But that defense has carried them the entire season. And they're sitting at 7-3. and three, And they had um, P.J. Walker, who used to play in the XFL, playing quarterback. And then now they had Dorian Thomas Robinson, or whatever his name is, from UCLA, who's a rookie. And they're still 7-3. Like, their defense is amazing. It's the best defense, I think, statistically in the NFL. Um, Another surprising team is the Texans, winners of three straight. Um, C.J. Stroud is the real deal. I think he is the perfect franchise quarterback for Houston. They're, like, in the playoff spot right now, in in the playoff mix. They're they're a sixth seed in the AFC, which is good for the playoffs, um, with a rookie quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over that well and he has a lot of confidence he says even if he throws interceptions he's still gonna keep firing they have a i forget his name what's his name uh but they have a rookie receiver that's playing pretty well uh nico collins is playing well um yeah D'Amico ryan's has, has proved to be a great coach already i think um especially with this team that i thought they were going to only win like three four games but here they are six and four in a playoff spot uh, which I don't think anybody expected. I think their over-under this year was four or five and a half. Um, and then you have the Steelers still winning six and four. They fired Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator, which makes sense because uh, Kenny Pickett has looked terrible all year. They haven't been able to get Deontay Johnson involved. Um, uh, George Pickens is a great receiver. They haven't been able to get him involved at all, basically. Okay, I do have some breaking news, but I want to get into that after I finish my NFL thoughts here. Um, okay, continue on with the Bills. They're at six and five. I do not look at this team as a contender anymore. I do not think um, Josh Allen is a tier one quarterback anymore. Um, he's regressed back to what he was as a rookie and at Wyoming, throwing off his back foot, throwing a triple coverage, forcing balls where they shouldn't go um, instead of throwing the ball away, relying too much on the run. Um, there's just a lot of things like that that he's been doing. Um, so he's regressed as a quarterback. Um, they fire their offensive coordinator, which I'm not sure if that's a problem. Uh, but I think it's more Josh Allen relying too much on his athleticism. Um, but defenses have figured them out. Um, and I think Sean McDermott, the head coach for the Buffalo Bills, should be on the hot seat. Um, because of that, um, you've had, you've been in big games. You've been in the conference championship, haven't been able to get past the Chiefs. Um, so there should be a lot more, like a shorter leash on him. You know, if they don't go on a deep playoff run despite their record, or if they don't go to the Super Bowl, like, I think that's it. I think they have to pull the plug there. Um, Okay, so we'll do my picks and stuff. We'll do all this later. Uh, But the breaking news is um, Oregon State head coach or former 
head coach of Oregon State decided to move on and join the other teams from the Pac-12 um, to join the Big Ten. He's he accepted the job for uh, Michigan State, which you know if you remember from a few episodes ago, um, the former head coach at Michigan State was Mel Tucker, who he was involved in this um, sexual harassment thing with Brenda Tracy, who was a um, a gang rape survivor. Uh, while she was in college and then she was speaking on behalf of other survivors and stuff trying to educate uh, the young men on the Michigan State football team about it and then Mel Tucker took it upon himself to send hit, send her uh, pictures and other stuff and sexually suggestive stuff and trying to form a relationship with her so he got fired right and then um, Jonathan Smith who played for the Oregon State he played for the Beavers in college he, he won the Civil War two times for them um, and he decided to leave to jump ship, you know, which what, what Oregon State and Washington are trying to do is uh, continue the Pac-12 brand because um, they're the Pac-2 right now. But they they were trying to bring back um, the old Pac-12 and trying to, you know, have like a scheduling alliance with um, the Mountain West. And, um, yeah, they were going to do that. So it was going to start next year. And I think uh, Jonathan Smith was at the forefront of it. Um, he built a great program there at Oregon State after we, you know, were losing a lot with Mike Riley. Um, so it's upsetting. I'm upset because uh, last night we had the, we had the Civil War, and it seemed like Oregon State players already knew that Jonathan Smith accepted the Michigan State job because they just they they had no energy, they had no fight in them. They just let Oregon run all over them. They lost 31 to seven. Um, so it looked like to me, I think Jonathan Smith told them before the game, like, Hey, I just want you guys to know, I don't want you guys to be surprised by this, but I accepted, I'm accepting the Michigan state job. So this is our last game together. Let's, um, let's get a one last win or whatever. And I think a lot of the players were probably shocked because he's, he's a, he's a long time beaver and, uh, it's very surprising and everything has been preaching to them all year. And then he just goes to the, a fucking big 12, a big 10 school, Michigan State of all programs too. Like, come on, Michigan State. Like, you're not gonna build a better program at Michigan State than what you did at Oregon State. You won eight games this year, eight and four. You won nine games last year. You were nine and three, um, and you had you finally had a quarterback this year, going to a bowl game, and then you decided to do that. So I think the the players knew beforehand what was happening. It was already rumored all year long, and um, you know Scott Barnes had not. They had not. Uh, decided on a contract extension, and then Jonathan Smith said, "Oh, there's I have no answers. I'm being truthful with Oregon State." So that to me meant like, "Hey, I'm already out the door, but I just want to let you guys know before everybody else finds out." And um, so I expect a, a kind of like a regression for the Oregon State football program for the next few years because, I mean, if they're not competing at the highest level in a big conference like that, I think same thing will happen with Washington State. We're going to lose our best players to transfer. I expect a lot of the Oregon State players to transfer to Michigan State to join Jonathan Smith. Hey, come with me to the Big Ten. You're going to play against better competition. It's a better conference where we're making more money, where we have a shot to win, um, shot to compete for a national championship eventually. Um, so there's going to be a lot of players jumping ship, and the program is going to it's going to struggle for a few years as they decide who's going to be the next coach, who is going to want to play for uh, a school who's part of the big t- the pack two now and who has a scheduling alliance with the mountain west they're not going to be on tv all the time um it's just a lot of uh questions that haven't been answered yet it's a lot of scrambling to figure out what's going to happen next 
Um, I don't even know who's on the short list for for coaching. Like, who's going to want to take that job at Oregon State? It's going to be a tough job because of what I just said. You're gonna you're not going to be able to get a lot of scholarship players. The funding isn't going to be there because you they before they would rely on the TV revenue from whatever um, uh, TV contract that the conference would put together. And if they don't have they don't have a, a contract, there's no revenue that they're getting. Meanwhile, for Mich- Michigan State in the Big Ten. They're gonna get so much money. They get some. They get like fifty million a year or something. Something crazy. Um, so yeah, I, it sucks that Jonathan Smith left. Um, he was a great coach, built a, a great program, but um, yeah, it was tough, tough pill to swallow because Oregon State they played two top ten teams schools back to back. You had Washington. They they barely lost that game last week, twenty two to twenty, and had a chance to win at the end. And then this one is just there was no no fire, no energy because I feel like they already. They already knew what was happening. Um, yeah, so it sucks. I'm very upset. Um, okay, so let's see what else is going on. I'll finish my things with the NFL here. Oh, going back to the NFC, my top tiers for the NFC, the teams that I think can win the Super Bowl out of the NFC are just three. Um, I'm putting the Lions in there now. Um, I think the Lions are for real. I think, you know, the Thanksgiving Day game against the Packers um, – you know, that was just, that was a fluke, right? I think um, they're a tough team for sure. But uh, Jared Goff, I, I've noticed he's been turning the ball over in, in crucial moments. Um, but I think, like, I think they can go to Philadelphia and win. I think they can beat San Francisco. Um, and then the other two teams are uh, the Eagles and the 49ers. Those are, those have been the two best teams, I think, um, all year long. And with Jalen Hurts, he hasn't looked like an MVP candidate that he looked like last year. Um, Jalen Hurts last year just looked head and shoulders better than other quarterbacks. Um, this year, he hasn't looked that amazing. The team hasn't looked that great, but they're still 9-1. and one. They've won four straight. So even when they figure out the offense, it gets a little bit uh, more dynamic there. Um, then they'll be even more dangerous, even though they're, they're already dangerous and their defense is great. Um, same with San Francisco. You know, Purdy struggled at times, but, um, you know, he's been he's been good. He, I think he's an elite quarterback. Um, I don't, I don't think he's like tier one. Maybe he's tier two, but um, he was MVP candidate for a while. I think now it's probably Christian McCaffrey who's been, you know, the focal point of the offense this year. And then, um, so the the rest of the picks for the rest of the week for week twelve, uh, you have the Buccaneers at the Colts. Colts are five and five, uh, two and a half favorites. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the Colts there. Uh, Jaguars at Texans. This is going to be a big game. Uh, the Jaguars are favored one and a half. Um, I'm honestly going to go with the Texans. A six and four. I'm going to go with the Texans. I really like uh, what I've been seeing from CJ Stroud, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, Panthers one and nine at the Titans three and seven. Uh, the Titans are favored by three and a half. I'll take the Titans, I guess, because the Panthers are just awful. Uh, Patriots are two and eight. Uh, Giants are three and eight. Uh, the Giants are home for this game. The Patriots are favored by three and a half. Uh, Mac Jones is not the answer. Mac Jones has been awful. The Patriots have been just terrible. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Patriots still because the Giants have been equally as awful. And Mac, and um, Daniel Jones has been equally as awful as Mac Jones. It's just been both been terrible. Uh, Saints at Falcons. The Saints are favored by one and a half. That one can go either way, honestly. I'll take the Saints. Steelers at Bengals. Uh, Steelers are only favored by two. I'll take the Steelers in that one. 
um, Browns and Broncos. Broncos have been playing pretty well. Like winners are four straight or something like that. Um, They did beat the Chiefs this year. Uh, Browns, um, as I mentioned earlier, starting a rookie quarterback. Uh, Broncos are favored by one and a half. I think I'm still going to take the Browns. I'm going to take the Browns defensively, and I think the Browns are able to score enough points. You know, either kicking field goals or maybe they have a defensive touchdown, and they're able to beat the Brown, uh, beat the Broncos. And then you have the Rams. Rams. I thought they were going to be better than what they are. Uh, we've had some injuries. Cooper Cup has been struggling. hasn't been hasn't really been as explosive as I expected to once he came back from injury. Uh, Cardinals are two and nine. You have the Rams favored by two and a half. I guess I'll take the Rams. Uh, Bills and the Eagles. Uh, Eagles favored by three. I'm going to take the Eagles. Um, yeah, that one was not hard. Uh, Chiefs at Raiders. Raiders have improved a lot since they fired Josh McDaniels. There's a lot of energy, and uh, people actually seem like they want to play for the Raiders uh, since Antonio Pierce took over. Uh, but I'm taking the Chiefs. They're favored by nine, which it seems like pretty high. Uh, Ravens are the Sunday night game. They are favored by three. They're playing uh, in L.A. against the Chargers at four and six. I'm taking the Ravens by way more than three points. The Chargers are the next, that's kind of like the next coaching domino to fall. Um, What's his name? Brandon Staley. He needs to go. He needs to go. There's no reason why this team, as talented as they are, they have Justin Herbert. They have, they're the highest paying like um, defensive team. Like they're, like their salaries on that on that defensive side of the ball is really high like they're they just pay all their defensive players and they have good defensive players but there's a lot of injuries Bosa's on the IR um, they lose a lot of close games and then they just they lose games that they should be winning um, and the Chargers are a lot like the Clippers like I, I believe in them for a while and then then they just they, they don't make the playoffs so um, Staley has to go and I think Sean Payton should have waited until they fired him so that he could take the job for the Chargers, because that's a better job, because you have Justin Herbert, he's younger, you got a better roster around him. And then Monday night, you have the Bears, the Vikings. I'm taking the Vikings, they're favored by three. And those are the picks for the rest of week 12. Okay, switching to the NBA, um, it's kind of how the Western Conference stand, or Eastern Conference stands. You have the Celtics in first at 12 and four. The Magic are winners of six straight at 11 and five. Uh, the Bucks, you know, still trying to adjust with uh, Damian Lillard. Um, coming from Portland being the main focal point to Milwaukee where uh, Giannis is just uh, uh, so dominant offensively. So you're trying to have to adjust there. They're 11-5. and five. Uh, Sixers, 10-5. and five. Uh, The Heat are still up there. And then, um, yeah, we'll just do that part. And then for the West, uh, kind of surprising for me at the top of um, the standings. You have the Timberwolves at 11-4. and four. The Thunder have been playing really well. Winners of six straight at 11-4. Uh, Mavericks 10-5. and five. Uh, The Suns 10-5. Or no, 10-5. 10-6. Winners of six straight. With the Suns, you haven't had uh, Booker and Beal and Durant play together yet. Beal has been battling injuries all year long. And then Booker's been in and out. There's been a lot of injuries. Um, they don't really have the depth. Um, but they're, they're going to be a really good team still. Um, so they've been able to win six straight. Uh, the Lakers are at nine and seven. You have the Warriors in tenth at eight and nine. Clippers are six and eight. The Grizzlies are really struggling. They're three and twelve. Uh, John Morant is, has that suspension. Um, the Spurs are last at three and thirteen. And then um, 
Yeah, then the East you have some really struggling teams. The Wizards are two and thirteen. The Jordan Poole situation not working out. Pistons two and fourteen. Uh, the Bulls at five and twelve. Um, there's probably gonna be a Levine trade here. Um, yeah, back to the West uh, you have you have a lot going on there. Rockets eight and six. Uh, Kings nine and six. Um, yeah, there's a there's a situation with Josh Giddy on the on the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's he's being investigated by the NBA for having an improper re- sexual relationship with um, a high school student. Uh, she's reportedly 16 years old, a junior in high school, or they she was 16 when they started dating, but they're still dating, and she's either 17. Um, but everything started sexually, I guess, when she was in high school. Um, you can't find anything online about it because all the all the stories about it are getting taken down. Uh, but I was able to find out some information on it. Um, there was like some Snapchats and some stories about it. There was originally it was a tweet that um, someone from high school was dating Josh Giddy, and then they were looking at her Snapchats, and there was some um, some some things that were obvious that they were uh, in a sexual relationship. So he's being investigated um, and probably won't play in the NBA again if these these rumors are true but just wanted to let you know that's what's going on with that team um, Chet Holmgren is I think he's a front runner for rookie of the year and he can win rookie of the year because he was um, injured in uh, summer league last year so he is eligible for that Wimbanyama uh, uh, Victor Wimbanyama okay that's how you say his name um, so he is obviously experiencing some growing pains there they're losers of 11 straight he has shown some flashes I do like what I see from him um, he did get blocked by uh, GP2 yesterday from the Warriors. Um, Clippers, I did want to discuss the Clippers. The Clippers, they traded for James Harden. That was a big trade, right? It was a big rumor because, as I said earlier this year, was that um, the Clippers don't really have a lot of options. They have to re-sign Paul George, and they have to re-sign um, Kawhi Leonard because there's no other options that they can do. Like No one wants to take on those those contracts. No one wants to take on the star players because... They've been injured a lot. They haven't been consistent and all that stuff. So the next move was to bring in James Harden, who you know can obviously lead the team if there's injuries to either Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. They lost like six straight when they acquired him from the Sixers, and the Sixers went the opposite direction. The Sixers started playing really well, started playing like team basketball. They, they look really good, right? Um, and the Clippers, like, this is James Harden's last stop, probably, because he still thinks he's the focal point of the offense, or he should be. And then Russell Westbrook uh, volunteered to to be on the bench to come off the, with a starting unit so that, um, or to the to the second unit, so that James Harden could get, you know, acclimated with the starting lineup. Um, but they just haven't been playing well at all. Um, and it's James Harden. This is the James Harden effect. I don't expect the Clippers to do anything this year. Um, I don't even think they, I mean, they could make the playoffs. They should reasonably should make the playoffs because of the team that they have around them. And I like Ty Lue as a coach. This is how I feel about the Chargers every year. I'm like, they should make the playoffs. They should go on a deep run. But that's something that always happens. So I don't, I don't see with the Clippers, uh, the Warriors, um, the Warriors have a lot of problems. Um, Clay Thompson has been kind of been up and down. Andrew Wiggins to me is the biggest storyline. I think he's scored over 20 points this year so far twice. Steph Curry has been carrying the team. Um, they had a big fight. Draymond Green choked out Rudy Gobert, which I'm all in favor for, but he got suspended for five games. Um, so they, they've just been having to rely on their bench a lot. Chris Paul has been, you know, he's been Chris Paul, I guess, a little bit like an aged, a really aged Chris Paul. Um, I don't think it's been necessarily working. Um, you know, they start off really well. They're like six and two. Then they lost six straight. Now they're eight and nine. 
sitting at 10th in the West. Um, Pelicans 9-7. They're okay, I guess. Uh, winners of three straight. Uh, LeBron has looked really good. Um, he's what, 38 now. Um, he's been a lot better than Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has had good games. He's shown his flashes of dominance, uh, but hasn't been very consistent. Um, yeah, Mavericks look like they've ta- taken that next step with uh, Kyrie Irving there full-time. Uh, the Kings are still there. So, I mean, it's still early in the season. Um, I don't know how this uh, mid-season tournament thing is working. Um, I guess there's like a knockout stage and all this. But the court designs are ugly. Like, I just, I hate the court designs. It looks like it's an end one basketball tournament or something like that. Um, so, I, I don't know. I just, um, I'm not really a fan of like the, the colored court designs or like the black court design because it just doesn't look like it's professional basketball. Uh, the uniforms have been okay, but... Um, I don't know, like ESPN and, and like all these sports uh, media outlets are like trying to force this. They're trying to shove this uh, midseason tournament thing down our throats. And it's like it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But I guess that we're going to roll with the punches. Um, so the Celtics have looked good with uh, the acquisition of um, Porzingis and their team. I think they did improve a lot, um, even though the Magic did beat them. Like, are the Magic going to make the playoffs? Winners of six straight there. Um, and then, like I had mentioned, the Sixers, the Sixers do seem rejuvenated after uh, they traded James Harden. He seemed like he was holding them back a lot. Uh, Joel Embiid seems happier, but I think for me, um, you know, after they fired Doc Rivers and they hired Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse is definitely a better coach. But if it doesn't work this year with Joel Embiid, I I, I just feel like he's either going to ask for a trade or he's going to wait till his contract expires and he's going to sign somewhere else because he's been there a long time. He's been there through a lot of different regimes, um, different like you know high drafted players and it just hasn't worked at all um and then some other teams of note let's see as i already mentioned the bucks that the heat are still you know still playing pretty well they're at 10-6 but they weren't able to make any moves i don't know how long that's gonna last this year uh, but my tier teams for the east teams that can win the, the championship i think it's just two I think it's the Celtics or it's the Bucks. If something lucky happens, then I can say the Sixers, but I've seen the Sixers just fail in big moments a lot over the years, even though if they have a different head coach. The Heat, I don't think the Heat have it. I don't think they, I mean, they're kind of top heavy, but they don't have a lot of depth there, a lot of consistency offensively. Um, so I honestly just think it's either the Celtics or the Bucks, and I already picked the Bucks um, to come out of the East. And in the West, it's a little bit more. Um, there's a little bit more teams that can that can win for sure. I think it's the Nuggets that can win. Um, I I think the Lakers still have a chance just because you have LeBron James. Um, I know it's still early and they're playing horribly, but um, the Warriors were up there for me too. And then I did have. The Suns, I guess the Suns have like an outside chance if they could kind of string together, um, you know, some consistency with the roster. If, if you know, Bradley Beal adjusts well with them, if he stays healthy and all that. There's a lot of question marks with a lot of those teams. Warriors, it's the health and it's the consistency of, of Clay and, and Andrew Wiggins and stuff like that. Lakers, it's the health and it can and can Anthony Davis, you know, be dominant night in night out because he does take some nights off um and then the sun same thing with the suns then the mavericks you know I, I don't know the mavericks i feel like they do have an outside shot but i think the um there's more depth in the western conference there's a lot more question marks but um so far so good so far it's been a it's been a decent um nba season but um thanks for joining me for this week's episode that's all i have for this week um so hopefully i can 
start getting some consistency. My classes do end here in a couple of weeks, so I'll have more time to uh, to do a bit more podcast. But thanks for listening.